We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, let's head right out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Everybody else will be out there rolling. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing Cincinnati. We know they're a heck of a football team. Um, and we'll start today getting, getting ready for them, so... It'd be good to get get on the practice field. With that, time's yours. <clears throat> Coach, I know you tried it a few months ago. I remember Chris yeah. talking about it. These are the kind of games that drove him in the offseason. Does it drive you when you play a team no. like this again? With well, it was the last game of the year. You know, so, I mean, that it, you, you remember the game, and, and they did some good things you know, against us. And So, I'm not saying it drives you, but, you you, you know, you go back and you, you evaluate the game, yeah. What have you seen differently out of last year? I mean, Jamar Chase maybe plays this weekend, but what have you seen differently that they've done that this year that, as opposed to when you played twice last year? Yeah, well, they're doing a good job. I mean, it's kind of the same stuff they've been doing. Um, they've got most of their guys back. Um, they're playing at a high level. The, the games that they have lost, they lost just by a few points, with the exception of the Browns. And... Um, so, um, it's, about, it's very very similar. Good, solid football. Both sides of the ball and special teams. And when you look back at last year, you know, how the second half kind of, I wouldn't say confused you, but took you for a loop, if you will. But how much did you learn from that game that you took into this year, knowing, like, the lessons learned from that game? How much could you take into this year, knowing that the defense they played was, was something that kind of caught you off guard? You've been able to do very successful in it this year. Yeah, you know, and they they played the first half too, so a little bit, you know, but um, but they did a good job with it. I mean, that's what they did. They uh, they dropped eight and played man coverage and had a thief player rolling around in there, and and they they executed well, better than how we did. We didn't do very well with it, so uh, they got us on, you know, but. We've worked on it. I'm sure they've worked on new things, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Andy, there's been, there's been, there were guys before and after the Tampa Bay game that made it very clear how much what happened in the previous game motivated them for that contest. Um, Some opportunity, obviously, this Sunday. How do you manage when guys are already motivated because of the previous game, but not trying to lose sight of how things may change in this matchup? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it was the last game. So you you love to have an opportunity to play them and do better than what we did. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Um, if something motivates you, that's kind of it. And But you also know within you got to play within yourself and, and do the things uh, that you know are right and be able to 
don't get so high that you can't execute. So that, that's a uh, that's the trick there. Andy Patrick said that he mentioned, um, <clears throat> or I guess it was just after Sunday's game, he mentioned that his lesson from that game was to close out games. I'm wondering if throughout a season you use a game like that and, and sort of remind the guys of something like that. Yeah. Well, each one of these things is a learning lesson, right? Win or lose, <clears throat> you come out, you. Know, you spend all these hours dissecting what you could have done better. And uh, it doesn't matter the game. So you're taking lessons out of each game. Um, this one was, uh, yeah, with Pat, for Pat, that's what it was, what he said. So, uh, but we all, everybody's got that. You know, Chris said, I, I missed a sack. Um, uh, Bolton said he had three inter two interceptions that he dropped. Uh, I, I look in the mirror and I go, uh, there are some calls I would have liked to have had back. I mean, so everybody has that. As long as they're willing to admit it, you have a chance to get better. And that's kind of the thing you try to do. Coach, your catch, catching the ball has always been you know, with, with your running backs. And I even said one time, if you're you know, going to be a running back on this team, you got to catch the ball. We hadn't really seen that out of uh, Pacheco. We saw it this week. I mean, he's a young guy, right? Obviously, sure. it's a work in progress. But... How's that coming along, and, and how satisfying was it to see him, you know, make an impact with that? Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's got really good hands. Um, uh, he just hasn't had that ton of opportunity. But he will. As time goes on here, he'll get more opportunities to, to catch the ball. He did a nice job on that one for sure. And, and you and, and Eric have talked about, like, him having patience. You know, we can see how hard he wants to hit the hole, but maybe he needs to be a little, little more read what's going on. Is that magnified even more in the passing game with some of the option routes and different ways you guys do things that wherever he is as a runner, maybe he's even that much further back as a receiver? Yeah, no, he's he's done good with that. He actually does well with the, um, with the routes um, and his patience on that. The The running is getting better. I mean, he's getting better at that. He, he is he, he is extreme. He, he's, got, he's got some kind of energy now. I mean, if I had that energy, I'd be 110 pounds. I mean, you know, I want to borrow something. <clears throat> so he, uh, he, he's unbelievable that way, how he, how he plays. And he's that way every day. I mean, that's how he's out of practice and everything else. It's, he's got quite a motor. Uh, Melvin Gordon signed to the practice squad. When you sign a, two, a former two-time pro bowler to the practice squad, what are you hoping to get out of him as, as down the, sec the stretch of the season? Yeah, well, we, we'll just see. I, I mean, that's kind of the way we explain it to him. We'll see where, where this thing goes and uh, where he's at and uh, where the running back situation goes. But he sure has been a heck of a player in the league. I mean, he's I – mean, we've one thing we do know is we know him, and whether he's with the Chargers or, you know, with Denver. So we know what kind of player he is. And and so, you know, maybe there's a time here he can – he can help us too. So, well, we're, you know, we'll take all covers. You know, if, if you had some game left in you, we'd bring you over, Herbie. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, we'd bring you over. Yeah. Could you briefly mention the, the Chris Jones almost sack? And maybe that's the biggest difference defensively for you guys this year. You've exceeded the sack total. Just how much confidence can that give you going into a game where you're getting home this year? Yeah, um, we've done better in that area. Finishing sacks. This kid is unique that we're playing. I mean, he's strong in the pocket, and so it presents another challenge. And um, you know, our, our guys will work on that this week and make sure that they have a plan 
for that. A couple more guys. Andy, yeah, you also added Brandon Williams to the practice. Yes. Are going to. Um, was there a need for a, a player like that, or did you just you guys just see a good player and say let's let's bring him in? Yeah, good. I tell you, a good player. He, he's a. Um, he, he and Joe Cullen have history, so um, Joe speaks very highly of him and, uh, and still thinks he, he can contribute. So he's been doing it a long time, uh, and, but we welcome that. He, he's, a, he's a great kid and good football player. We'll go last third, we'll go to Ren, then we'll come to Coach, uh, Patrick, uh, obviously welcome the new addition to the uh, family. I know it's not his first. That's the who had kids, no, the first one, the big jolt, right? So he's... Probably a little more prepared for it, but does that take away, you know, preparation time with, with all that going on? Yeah, no, he uh, he stays pretty focused on job at hand. He's got a great wife that gets all that. She was an athlete too, so. Um, but um, bronze, I love it. Bronze, Patrick Mahomes the third, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. So bronze, uh, I think, is in good hands, and uh, um, you know the players all got on Patrick that. You know, if they play long enough, they'll get a, we'll have another quarterback here. <laughs> Last two. little uh, news yesterday. You guys got flexed out of prime time to earlier in the day next week against Denver. I'm, probably doesn't break your heart to get home a little earlier and get some prep work on. Uh, is, is that safe to say? Yeah. Um, I was okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. I, may, I have no decision-making part of that but uh, or for that, but I'll take it. Last one, Sam. Andy, sorry to bring up the sensitive thing again, but um, when the game is the last game of the year, I guess you don't have the full next week to sort of go over the things you're mentioning. So does it pop up this year, or do you just assume that the, the lesson was, was ingrained last year? Yeah, you're saying with the players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just with you talking to the players, anything of that nature. Yeah, well, I, what I, I come in and look at the tape, and then I, then I talk to them you know, before they leave. Uh, most of them saw it too somewhere there either on the plane ride back or or soon after that with these iPads I mean they all have them so um, so but we talked about it yeah it, it was a open conversation about it and we knew what we needed to do to to better ourselves for that situation I mean every game's different so we're going into this uh, same team but they'll have something different for us but yeah but if you use it to get better, then that's that's the objective. A lot of guys weren't here, so they they, they just watch it on watch the tape and see what we did. All right. Yep. All right. That is Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones in the next couple of minutes as well. Just a few things uh, from Andy on the injury front. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, sick, not practicing today. Jarek McKinnon strained his hamstring. And then wide receiver Kadarius Tony still dealing with the hamstring injury. All of them not practicing today. Of course, the Chiefs take it on the Bengals on, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and let's go back out there. We'll talk about the injuries, but let's go back out there and hear from oh, Patrick Mahomes. Forty-eight hours been for you, and congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's 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 cool. Obviously, it's all it's awesome to to bring in a son uh, to add to my family, and everything went great, and everything went smooth. And Brittany's a champ, so uh, it's been it's been really cool. Yeah. Where, where all that comes from? Yeah. When I mean, when me and Brittany, we uh, 
when we had Sterling, we, we didn't know if it was girl or boy at first, so we started thinking of girl and boys' names, and uh, we wanted, obviously, them to have that connection and them to be brother and sister forever. And so, uh, obviously, I've always wanted to do Patrick uh, LeVon Mahomes III. I've thought about that since I was literally like five, six years old, and I always thought it was going to be Trey as the third because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people doing that. And my, and my brother Jackson, uh, whenever we were trying to find something that was a little unique and different, uh, he said, what about bronze? It fits perfectly uh, with – with Sterling, and uh, we so we went with that, and it, I think it, it works out well. And he can have his own thing now, where he's not Patrick; he's Bronze, um, even though he's Patrick. And then uh, Sterling and Bronze can have that connection uh, moving forward. Patrick, how much do you think that meant to your, your dad? Just that go. Ah, uh, yeah, man, he was emotional for sure. I mean, my dad, as he's gotten older, has gotten a little bit more emotional. I think as all of us do. Um, and uh, he he was he was here this weekend, so it worked out perfectly that my family got to see. Uh, see him before they left and went back to Tyler. Um, and so uh, it, it was cool to, to see him. And my grandpa was here and my grandma uh, on my mom's side. So I got, had a lot of family in. So it, it worked out perfectly that weekend. The players were, Andy was saying about the players around you a little bit. You know, just what was it like to, get to introduce them to the players as well? You know, yeah, no, I mean, just to have my family and, and, and my teammates have always got along perfectly. I mean, you would think. When you saw Travis and my dad, they they were best friends, not me and him. So uh, it's uh, that's just the type of organization that we have here, the type of team that we have here. We're all family uh, in this building, and uh, uh, whatever I connect my family to that, it seems like it's just one big family. I think that's what makes us such a great football team. Uh, I don't want to keep, I don't want to kill the good mm-hmm. vibes. You know? <laughs> that's all good. Anybody got any more family ones? <laughs> last last year obviously didn't go the way you wanted mm-hmm. in that game. Like how much is this game been circled on the on the calendar for you, and does it mean more than the other ones? Yeah, I don't know if it if it means more. Um, I think you got to keep stuff in perspective. Uh, it's a brand new football season. Uh, obviously, anytime that someone beats you the year before, you want to beat them, especially in a game like they beat us in to, to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and we understand it's a great football team that's playing great football right now. So uh, we'll go out there and put our best effort forward and try to play our best football and and try to get that win because it's a big win in the season to try to hold that number one seed and win our division. Not not really a lot. I mean, once the season ended and I wasn't in the Super Bowl and I, I had to watch it from the, the couch in my house in Texas, uh, I kind of just moved on knowing that you have to keep getting better. You have to keep kind of moving up forward. And uh, if you want to have success that next season, you can't dwell on what happened the last season. You have to learn from it and just get better from it. You mentioned after the game one piece that you did learn from it was just finishing out games. Are there other tokens you've taken from that game now? Yeah, I mean, just, just whenever stuff's not going – the perfect way, the way that we want to go, just getting back to your fundamentals. I think that that's what I kind of look back when I, especially when I watched watch the tape this week, is um, I was really good in the first half of my fundamentals, and as the game kind of got out, got, we weren't having success as an offense, my fundamentals got worse and worse. And so just whenever you get in those situations, just trying to get back to that, get back to your fundamentals and trusting in the game plan that coach is going to put us in the right uh, position to succeed. How much time have you guys spent working on what the Bengals did to you in the second half last year? Not, not just necessarily this week, but going back to camp or whatever. I mean, not a not a ton. I mean, we we work on all different type of coverages, and I mean, it wasn't like they did anything that was that much different from the first half than they did in the second half. They put a little bit more man coverage. 
um, than they did in the first half. Uh, they made some adjustments of trying to be in the right spots. Um, but at, at the end of the day, we have to execute uh, at a high level, and I trust that our guys are going to win versus man coverage. And, and if I can execute and throw the ball in the right spot, uh, we'll find ways to have success. So just kind of like I said, getting back to the fundamentals and, and getting back to just being who I am. Their receiver Tyler Boyd compared you and, and Joe Burrow to the old Brady-Manning rivalry. Just when you hear something like that and, and looking at Joe, just what a competitor is he compared to you, know, you, you guys and your little rivalry here? Yeah, I mean, he, I have a ton of respect uh, for Joe. I mean, he's a great, great football player, but he's a competitor, like you said. I mean, those are the guys that win in this league or guys that compete. Um, and so, I mean, I, 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 I hate to compare to Brady and Manning because they won so much and put up so many stats. And I feel like that's something that you do at the end of your career when you, they look back and see all the success that you have. But I know I'm it's just like a lot of these guys. I know I'm going to play this guy for a long time. He's a great competitor, so he's going to be a great football team. Uh, for a long time, and we're going to have games like this. And so uh, I just try to go out there and win the week, um, and I know he does the same, and uh, we see what happens at the end of the week, and you move on to the next. Patrick, I had a non-Bengals question, Patrick. I know early in the year you were talking about how much you thought maybe you would use your legs more as the season moves along. With the new receivers, I just wonder how much are you sort of anticipating getting out of the pocket a little bit more and obviously using that to your advantage? Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't think about running until like I have to. Uh, I think that's that's a good thing and a bad thing, but uh, I try to do whatever I can to throw the ball down the field. Um, and But with all the coverages that we're getting and they're trying to take away guys and man coverages and, and putting people out there to stop our, all the receivers that we have, it's, it's kind of opened up those lanes. Um, but uh, yeah, I just try to use them whenever it's there and not try to overdo it. Um, I know they had a good plan last year where they were kind of spying me, uh, the Bengals did, so I'll have to make sure I account for that as well. Um, but it's just trusting your guys to, uh, up front to, to protect and then us making plays downfield, and I'll give those guys chances to. Even with your fundamentals, is it, is it still more fun to throw out of the pocket than the traditional three-step, five-step and get it out of your hands? I don't know. As I've gotten older, I've started to like throwing from the pocket more. So I don't know if it's just because I've gotten a little bit older and understand a little bit more. But when I was younger, I like to scramble around and make a ton of different throws, and I can still do it. But if I, have it for, if I can throw it from the pocket these days, I'm just going to throw it from there. You're not dwelling on things earlier. Sky Moore had a, had a difficult year. He had the drop on the punt, and, and you know you could hear the crowd. The crowd kind of got after him a little bit. You guys on offense still went right to him. Is that something that you saw that and said, "I'm going to get him into the inning"? He obviously had a very good game and catching the ball. Is that something you said? Does Andy say that to you? Is it? Eric, somebody talking in your headset saying, "Let's get him involved, get the ball," or did it just work out that way? I, I think it just worked out that way, but I, I think. EB and Coach Reed do a good job of whenever stuff like that happens, scheming up stuff or calling those plays that might have him as one of the primary options. I just go through my reads and throw it to the guys that are open. Um, but uh, I mean, that's the thing in this team is we're not going to do, we're not dwelling on that. We're, we we know the guys here are competing. They're doing whatever they can to put everything on the line. And if something happens bad, we know it's going the next time you you get a chance, you're gonna make a play happen. And that's what that's what great teams do, and that's what great players do. You mentioned Sam maybe losing some fundamentals at the end of the second half last year in that game. Is that something you feel while it's happening or something you see on tape? Do you have any safeguards, someone watching to kind of give you a little cue to say look out for this if that's happening during a game? I think it's something that um, I've gotten better at recognizing uh, as my career has gone on. I think when I get in some, I don't want to say slumps, but in some spots in games where my fundamentals go bad, um, I've tried to be better at fixing them quicker um, because those are things that I, I, I've, I've taught myself now of how to recognize and how to get back to what, what do I think of to get, get back into the right fundamentals. And having guys like Chad Henney, uh, uh, Nagy, and uh, all these guys that kind of been, a, been around me for a while now, they can kind of give me stuff and they can – 
I don't want to say critique me, but they can tell me when I'm not doing something the right way um, so that I can get back to what we practice on all week. And that's something that I, I try to recognize as quickly as possible. Like a little bit of a mound visit for Yeah, it, that's exactly right. I mean, just having someone that can come out that you trust that knows that they want you to play the best football uh, possible and they can just give you those little tidbits that can get you back into the rhythm of the offense. We'll go Harold, Sam, then Alex. Go ahead, Harold. Patrick, this year with the Bengals, you know, is there anything differently or is it more of the same you see with the, the Bengals' defense and what you're about to face this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good defense. It's a really good entire unit of defense. They're well coached. They have good players at every level. Um, and, and they've played together now for a, lo a long time, so they do a great job of passing off stuff and zone coverages and man coverages, knowing where the other guy is to help. Um, and so, I mean, they're a well-coached unit. We know it's a great challenge for us. Um, and we're just going to go out there and try to execute at a high level. And if, it would probably be a lot of tight window throws, and guys are going to make plays. And um, that's what happens when you play a great football team. It's just going to be a, a tightly contested game. Coach, I'm sure when you play any team, if you played them recently, you watch a lot mm -hmm. of film of the, the last matchup. What is that experience like, and does it differ based on how you play in, in that particular game? Um, I mean, it, it, you kind of learn. You learn from it in good and bad ways. I mean, you learn from the stuff that you did good, and you want to execute and do that stuff again. And then you you see the stuff that you miss, and uh, and you obviously you're mad because you missed it, but you you learn from that, so you can hit it the next time. So, um, the thing about uh, us is we've started to play these teams now a lot now with the a lot of these young quarterbacks from the league. You start playing the same teams, um, and so you learn from it. You you make adjustments, they make adjustments, and then you go out there and make adjustments on the field. So it's a it's a great challenge for both teams, and uh, I'm excited for it. Going back to offseason, preseason, if you can recall when you do have so many new faces in the receiver's room, what are the most important things for you to do to help them get acclimated, to help them feel welcome here? I think it's just you just talk. You just talk to each other. Uh, you, you learn that relationship with the guys off the field. Um, and then on the field, you talk to them about how you how you like things ran. They talked about how they've ran them before. You learn from each other, then you go out there and execute at a high level. Um, and I think that's what we've done is as the season's gone on, you see we've, we're getting more and more chemistry because we've we've talked through the stuff, we talked through the mistakes, we talked through the positives, and uh, we've learned how to keep evolving as an offense. All right, that's Patrick Mahomes out at Arrowhead. We're expected to hear from Chris Jones in the next couple minutes as well. Of course, a lot of the press conference there with Patrick talking about his newborn son, Bronze, uh, kind of the, the background behind that as well. I thought it was interesting, though. Uh, he mentioned, of course, in the AFC title game, we all know the second half was the worst half of Mahomes' career. He mentioned that he thought it was more of a fundamental breakdown that got worse and worse in the second half, and that that's something that he feels like maybe he's more cognizant of now, a year later, that if some things are going wrong, that he's able to maybe make the adjustment better than he did in that AFC title game. Yeah, it's good that, uh, you know, you think it's not the scheme the Bengals were doing, but more yeah, on him. Saying, I mean, yeah. that's, that's a comforting thing to know if you're Chiefs fan. All right, we'll go right back out to Arrowhead Bank, then we'll talk more about that. Here's Chris Jones. Last year's game, I'm just wondering what you see when you go back and watch it and just also kind of the emotions of going back and watching that game. Um, I haven't went back and watched it yet. Um, I don't watched a few games of theirs this year. They got a completely different offensive line, so I haven't went and visited last year yet. So it's just specifically because of the change in personnel that you focus on? Yeah, because of the change in office alignment. Everyone is new. I've been trying to get a beat on how they said, how their group is uh, blocking together, so I haven't had time to go back to last year. I was talking to you in the offseason with one of these things, and you had mentioned that you know, the game against the Bengals in the playoffs and felt you almost had a couple of sacks that didn't, didn't come through that way. Is it still something that it's on your mind, or is that just kind of off-season stuff? I mean, it was a driving force for this off season. You know, you always can look back and uh, 
push yourself to do something better, and it was definitely a driving force of a lot of plays I left on the field that I think could have sealed the game and um, put us in a better position to win. But right now our focus is on, um, you know, this year winning this game, putting ourselves in a position so where we can go out and compete. Good, sir. Uh, statistically, if I could talk, sorry. Uh, statistically speaking, you're at your second best sack total already, and as a team, you guys are already eclipsed last year's sack total. I mean, I know pressures, you hear Coach Spags talk about pressures and everything, but, but to be doing that, you guys obviously focused on something, you're accomplishing it right now. What was the driving force? Why? Why? Because there's not a lot of massive personnel change, right? Why you personally and, and the unit doing so well? Um. One person, man. Well, actually, two people. Uh, Terry Braden and Joe Cullen. We got some of the best coaches in the building, and uh, and uh, we were just very fortunate. We got a very good group, very young group, a lot of hungry guys in our room. Starting with the leadership of Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, then the younger guys like Colin Sanders stepping up this year. Derek Nadi, who's been in this system for four. Of, four to five years, and Mike Dana, Tershawn Warden, you know, a lot of guys who's hungry to show that, you know, they belong in this league. Chris, not to say that you're um, ineffective at the beginning of games, but there's points in games where it seems like you really start cooking and it's, you're very hard to defend. I guess just, do you know what I'm talking about and what takes you to get there and, and how do you challenge yourself to get to that point? It's more so being decisive. Um, I understand that every player in the game, it's not meant for me to make. Sometimes it's meant for me to take on the double team in order for the blitz to get there. And uh, schematically, you know, me and Spags talk talk about it along the week, um, how he plans on calling the game and how he plans on using me. And um, when I get my opportunity to get a one-on-one or I see something I've seen on film where I can take advantage of it, that's what I try to capitalize on. Chris, is there anything about Joe Burrow that makes him difficult to bring down? Oh, he's a good quarterback, man. Uh, I don't know what you guys want me to give you all world. I'm not going to give you all all of that. He's a good <laughs> quarterback, man. He's a good quarterback. A couple more. Chris, um, Andy mentioned a couple weeks ago that the difference in you early in your career and now is just how much you concentrate in the offseason on your body and the shape you're in and stuff. I'm wondering what motivates you to do that and if, how you've seen the difference with that on the field. Six pack. I've been trying to get this six pack for three years, okay? <laughs> right now I'm getting older, so the older you get, it's harder to get now. Honestly, um, <clears throat> I, I think it's a huge part of nutrition. Um, we got a he- heck of a strength staff and nutritionist staff here. Um, Barry Rubes, uh, me and him, been, we, we gained a, a huge personal relationship this offseason, and my goal was to make sure I come back in the best shape. I've been in in a while, and um, we focus on that throughout the year. You know, it's a building process. It's a marathon, but we just continue building. We see a Joe's. Are the Joe's fries part of the nutrition? Is that part of it? Yeah, it's not working. Um, <laughs> you got to be very decisive, man. Um, <laughs> Mondays is cheat days for me, so um, I goes with a half a pound of bananas and French fries. They're so consistent, man. That's the thing, consistency uh, with Joe's. Their fries always taste the same. They're always fresh and hot, and the bananas they're like candy. So that's my only time I get to eat beef. So you know, I take advantage of it. You mentioned Carlos's name. This is homecoming for him. Have you talked to him this week about what this one means to him personally? Um, surprisingly, I actually mentioned that today. Uh, me and him talking, I asked him, um, Carlos, um, this is your homecoming. He was like, yeah, this is my first time going back since leaving. And I was telling them how much they hate him over there. 
because uh, <laughs> they felt like he left them when they was doing bad and then he jumped ship. But respectfully, you know, he done a lot for that organization. Uh, he's probably one of the best DNs to play in that organization. Uh, we're very fortunate to have him in this room, the type of player, the caliber player he is. And uh, we're, we're glad he's on our side this time. So, Chris, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who've got kids in there, and, and, and Patrick just introduces one, and I remember you saying you like them with kids, but not babies, but how many times have you been approached to be like Uncle, Uncle Chris, if you will? Oh, man. It's so crazy, because my, um, <laughs> When my kids hear somebody call me Uncle Chris, they'll start calling me Uncle Chris. So <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, I haven't been approached a couple of times to be Uncle Chris and take the picture with the kid on the show. It's all out of love, though. Chris, Chris, we saw a lot. Last year was kind of a thing made about you playing defensive end, and it kind of you guys kind of got away from that. This year, no one's really talked about it, but you've had some success out there and done that a little bit more. Is it just a matter of finding the right time to do it, or are you more comfortable at it? Why is it seemingly? Uh, worked a little better this year than last year? I think it's more situational. Uh, when it was um, clearly passing downs, I don't think you want to leave me in in the read option against Lamar. Uh, I don't think that's the best out outfit to, to have, but more so situational downs where I can just rush the passer and be free out there on the end. So, Chris, specific to one of your newest teammates, running back Melvin Gordon, you've had an opportunity to play against him over the years. What makes him stand out, and what, what what special skills stand out to you about him? He's a hard runner. You know, I had the pleasure of playing him my first three to four years, um, and then I think there was the um, I don't want to get it wrong, San Diego Chargers. Then, then before they moved to LA, so yeah, him and Philip Rivers was together a long time, and he's well respected in high regards in this in this in this organization. So. We're very fortunate to have him. Uh, I think he'll be a great asset to our running back room, and it'll be fun to watch him play. How, how proud have you been of, of Colin Saunders and his breakout of sorts, and what have you seen behind the scenes that sort of led to that for him? Um, we talked about it uh, along the lines of training camp. Um, we used to have our lone talks walking up and down the hill, and, you know, that was the focal point of his maturity. He's grown a lot in a lot of areas, and it's starting to show in the field. Um, you turn his field, film on now. I mean, he's a complete different player than what he what he used to be. And there goes more so with opportunities also. He's having more opportunities to play, to broadcast his talent. He was hurt the last past few years, been healthy and been accessible for this team in order to be out there to show your talent. It's a huge thing. So to have him here, here playing and healthy, it's been great for our D-line room, you know, uh, his contribution. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. All right, that is Chris Jones speaking to the media. And is there anybody that's not ultra-motivated or has some reason to be ultra-motivated for this game on Sunday? Like, there's, the, of course, the loss last year in the AFC title game, and the talk has been Mahomes, 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 second half. We heard Mahomes talk about the fundamentals breaking down the second half. You got Chris Jones, who we know talked this offseason and then just now a minute or two ago about not being able to get that one sack of Burrow. Then he brings up Carlos Dunlap. He was joking a little bit, but like Carlos Dunlap going back home to a place he started his career with. Like just keep going down the list, man, of there's no doubt, which is why when we, when we go back to the Bucks game earlier this year where they had all the motivation from the Super Bowl loss and they had their best game of the year. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they will be ready to rock and roll on Sunday and we will see their best effort and best performance 
uh, of the season against Cincinnati. We'll see if it results in a win or not. Yeah, I think so. And I think that they kept it pretty simple against the Rams. I know people were upset on the postgame calling and talk about a red zone offense and all this. I had to stop them for a second. Say, wait a minute, the Chiefs scored more touchdowns in the red zone than any team in the National Football League. Now, Bengals very good at two. They're number two as far as doing that. But they kept it simple, and they still win by 16. I mean, hitting the ball to Isaiah Pacheco the last eight times you had the ball on offense, they're not going to do that against the Cincinnati Bengals. They're not going to do that. They kept it close to vast. I know they tried. You know, they ran a few trick plays with Sky Moore throwing, but that's what he can do. I remember having Tim Lester on our draft show. His, his college coach at Western Michigan says, I wish we would have put in more trick plays because Sky Moore can't throw the football. Then there was where Colin Saunders was going to come in as an extra blocker on offense. And then they took Rams to a right. timeout, then the Chiefs changed that. They're giving the Bengals something to think about. This is a chess game that goes on between these games. You know, Jamar Chase. Chestnut not coming, checkers, Bing. Chestnut checkers. Jamar Chase not coming back until this game. Like, all this little stuff does matter, but the Chiefs kept that extremely simple. The Rams were the perfect team to play for a team just saying, okay, let's just go out here, do the bare minimum, because we got the Bengals coming up this week. It's been a schedule circler. That Whether they admit it or yeah. not, Kelsey well, and it, others have admitted, hey, you know, we circled yeah. this game. Whether you admit it or not, this game does matter. No question. I mean, Chris Jones just said it was a driving force of, of the offseason. They him. have not won in Cincinnati since 1984. Think about that. That's one year before the Chief, the Royals won in 85. Yeah, so like for me, that like I know that sounds good. And it's, it's older like, than you, Gold. I, it is. I know that like sounds like wow. Since nineteen eighty four or eighty five, like that. Wait, where were you that, born? Ninety one. Like that that doesn't matter though. You know what I mean? Like what matters? This roster they lost last year in the regular season, and they lost in the AFC title game. So as crazy it says it is to say, you know, they haven't won there since nineteen eighty something. Like. Nobody in that organization other than Clark Hunt has any ties to what happened in 1984. So for you're the, disregarding you know I mean? like, the older people? I don't think that – it sounds way worse than what it is. Like, hey. They lost last year twice to Cincinnati. That's what I care about. That's what they care about. The fact they haven't won in Cincy since 84 means absolutely nothing. It is, can they get the win for the first time since Patrick Mahomes has been their quarterback? Played That's 20 times, Bengals won 13 of them. I think it does matter. This this yeah. does matter because I think now. these are the top two quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, it matters now. Going though. forward, yeah, 100%, Alex. I'm just messing with you about the uh, <laughs> older people disregard. But it's been a minute since they've won in Cincinnati. But this is one of the games you get the schedule because, look, and we, we've all seen the schedule past the Bengals. This is it for the Chiefs this year. This is the toughest game, bar none. You can make an argument it's probably the toughest game of the season, even though he had Buffalo yeah. at home that won. But, again, the rest of the season after this week is going to be about staying healthy and continuing some momentum yeah. going forward and getting that number one seed. But beating Cincinnati here, and you're sitting there with two losses, I mean, this is one prime to add that third L to the, to the Chiefs going forward. Then they maybe have one more out the rest of the season, but you win this one, then you essentially, four, I believe, have two outs uh, remaining to lose to some very bad football teams down the stretch. You win, If you win on Sunday and you get to that 10-2, and two, mag, kind of that magic number on, on the back end there, 14 wins seems like almost a given. The question is, can you somehow get to 15? Denver twice, right? Houston, I mean, it's... If you get if you get by the, ran, or the, the Cincinnati Bengals, 14 wins almost seems like a given, as spoiled as we are. And then it's whether or not can they can they get to that fifteen and two mark, which is insane. Yeah, I mean it's it's a nice five game stretch. But get this game, get that confidence going that you can beat the Bengals. And I know it sounds silly, but it is a team that did beat them twice. And this team yeah. does remember if there's one team that looks at bulletin board material more than anybody, it's the Chiefs. I mean they found a way to be motivated. Hey, we're not the Super Bowl favorites anymore. We've been the four straight AFC title games. It's Buffalo Bills. 
You know, they take this stuff to heart. Mahomes, you know, takes it to heart where he was drafted. The quarterbacks that went in front of him. And whether they want to believe it or not or say it or not, this team does keep chips on its shoulder. It really does. It's kind of their team motto and what they do. They have to look for disrespect. And you know what? The national media has given them plenty of fodder uh, for this season. Everybody's not been throwing bouquets at the way of the Chiefs, even though sometimes we do because, like, hey, let's look at reality, how good the Chiefs have been. Like, in this three-game stretch they've been on has been incredible. But, again, when a team wins by 16 points against the Super Bowl champion, I don't care about the Rams record. People look at that, oh, I saw one of the power rankings. The NFL.com dropped the Chiefs. That eh, was a ho-hum win. It was a 16-point win where they covered at home in the NFL. And yet we're going to drop them on our power rankings. It's, a, it's that kind of <laughs> silliness the Chiefs have dealt with all year. Up next, though, we'll go down uh, to the sidelines. There's a guy that will be on the sidelines in Cincinnati on Sunday afternoon. That, of course, is Josh Klingler. We'll ask him about what we've heard from these Chiefs players in the last 25 minutes or so. And what does he make of Jarek McKinnon's hamstring injury? What it tells us about Melvin Gordon signing next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Nick Schwert, Jay Binkley with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 10 minutes or so, but let's keep talking some Chiefs football. You just heard from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Chris Jones. Now let's hear from the guy that will be on the sideline in Cincinnati. Of course, it is our own Josh Klingler from Fesco in the morning from the Chiefs radio network. Uh, and, and Kling, yeah, I'm sure you are thrilled about the flex happening for next week's game against the, uh, the Denver Broncos. That, that Sunday night game is now a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, selfishly, it is yeah, it is completely awesome. I get back sooner, I get to bed sooner. Uh, it probably will be I don't know. I haven't looked at the forecast yet, but you know, um, I'm guessing there'll be a big temperature difference between <laughs> three and seven in yeah. Denver. So I'll take that too. Well, but you that's all, all selfishly. Yeah, midnight. Uh, it, midnight. Yeah, when yeah, that, yeah, on, yeah. Be be home by midnight. Flex, I mean, yeah. which is early for me on a road game. So <laughs> yeah, it should be. Uh, it's good, but that's completely self-serving. But, hey, if uh, Denver would have lived up to the – it was weird because last year, remember, that Denver game got flexed in, and we all yeah, went, what? Yeah, Ended yeah. up being a great game. And then this one, everybody was like, yeah, this is going to get flexed out, right? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I was just surprised they waited so long in the day yesterday because there must have been some internal debate at NBC whether or not they really wanted to punt on Mahomes or not. But um, – Thanks, Russ. Yeah, so, that's how his, bad. His that's how bad he is that Mahomes is getting kicked off of primetime because of him. Like, this is a guy that's going to probably win MVP this year. The Chiefs have the best record in the AFC, and they're willing to punt them from primetime because Russell Wilson is not enough of a story anymore. That's it's how ugly it's or, been. Or do you want to spend a bulk of your broadcast talking about how bad they've been? You know what it. I mean? Like, they're what are they going to spin on Denver? That other than boy, this has been a giant disappointment, and you know it's kind of a downer broadcast. So I, I I get it. I don't think it's a, you know, it's a it's an indictment of anything other than why would you want to talk about the Broncos? I mean, they don't they've they've had three primetime games, and we said that that was enough. So uh, America didn't need to see any more Denver Broncos either. Well, the story today is that only half the guys went to uh, went to Russell Wilson's party. birthday party. So that, <laughs> it, it's an indictment to Clinks. I'm pretty sure if you had a birthday party, we'd all go. Isn't fifty percent a good number though? 
Not when it's That's your pretty team. good turnout, I would okay. think. Well, if, team, if you man. had a birthday party, Gold, do you, what percentage of the 610 sports staff would show up? I think pretty much everybody would go. Uh, I think I, th- I think 70%. <laughs> but you'd be happy with 50 like, you know what I mean? Like, people got stuff going on, you know. But yet, though, like, You're, we, that locker room, let's be honest, like, as much as we all get along here, like, that, that, they're in a locker room for six, they're all in the same locker room and practicing and sweating together and all this stuff for six months. You know what I mean? Like, they're, <laughs> they're closer, I would say, probably than we are, as just because we all, you guys are out at 10 o'clock, 10 30 or whatever, and then, we're, like, we, we do see each other in passing. But they've all got families, and you'd be like, you know, really, you're going to go spend more time with Russell? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> well, I don't Isn't it enough him. that you're out there losing on the field with that guy? You're going to go to his birthday yeah. party, too? Like, let's do something else. Uh, what you do know? you think so, the attendance is, though, Kling, for Mahomes' birthday party? It's more than 50% of his teammates, I'll tell you that. Uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. As far as Sunday goes, though, we were talking about Joe Burrow because I, I know we build up Allen versus Mahomes, Mahomes versus Herbert, but... Burrow, that, that should be right there. The guy's 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, and he's actually been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's he's got scoreboard, right? We I know we played the uh, the the Boyd uh, clip about, uh, you know, basically said scoreboard, you know, mm-hmm. that this could be Manning-Brady. I think it's, let's slow down on that a little bit. But he, he said, you know, I guess whoever you want to pick to be whichever guy he's like, I, you know, look at the scoreboard. One's got, you know, two up and that that's tough. Cause that doesn't happen a lot for Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, we've talked about the, the matchup with, with Josh Allen. Well, for the most part, he's gotten the better of that, at least in the games that have mattered. Right. Um, there's not others that really have his number. You go Oh, and three against that guy. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good hill to climb then. I don't think you want to be in, in that spot either, but yeah, Joe Burrow's got a go a Super Bowl appearance and he's beating you twice head to head. So yeah, this is a, this is a big game from, there's a lot of nice personal grudges in this one for the chiefs that I, that I like. And it, it was cool today that they had both, you know, Mahomes and uh, Chris Jones speak, because I think those mm-hmm. two probably have the most angst <laughs> as to what happened uh, coming out of the, uh, the last meeting with, with Cincinnati and, and both would have, you know, monster things to kind of go out and prove this go round. So I, I just love the grudge factor in all this one. Cincinnati's good, uh, but I like the Chiefs having that that little extra edge of, of motivation going back there. Yeah, if there's one team that loses that chip on their shoulder, it is this team. But here's the one difference. The Chiefs have 35 sacks, which is fourth in the NFL. And the Bengals are still giving up, you know, a ton of sacks. They're fifth in the NFL giving them up. They were number one last year. So it is a different look that the Chiefs defense can give them by actually getting to Joe Burrow this year. Yeah, I think that's that is a big storyline. I, I think all told, they send a better defense to Cincinnati this time. I think uh, when the Chiefs went there the last go round, look, none of us were happy with Daniel Sorensen. I think a lot of people probably had uh, I could acknowledge by that point in time that Tyron Matthew wasn't the same Tyron Matthew. Like this defense just wasn't as good as they are now. I think this team, this defense is better uh, at this stage than they were a season ago. And and you're right, Bengals have given up 35 sacks. Um, the, the Chiefs have sacked 35 times, yeah. um, and and I think they heard plenty about not getting to the quarterback last year, especially in that in that final game, and not taking advantage of a, of an offensive line that gave up a bunch of sacks. Now they revamped it of a lot of different dudes along the offensive line, but but they still have have given up um, 28th most sacks, I believe, in the NFL, or they're ranked 28th in yeah. terms of giving up sacks so they've not done a good job protecting the quarterback he's been sacked a ton and, and that's going to be key got to get got to get to burrow uh like you couldn't 
in the uh, the last go round. That'll go a long way. But I think I think the Chiefs. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I, I think they're a better defense. This is a better defense heading to Cincinnati than even late in the year last year. How, how do you think they play this game, Kling? Because we saw the difference in this defense when Mike Williams goes out. They were able to kind of pin their ears back. And so Sacks came after he left the game where they didn't have to worry about him in coverage. I think I see the same thing with Jamar Chase. You know, he's coming off that hip injury, whether he takes a hit and stays in the game or not. I think a lot of how the defense plays may depend on how Jamar Chase is in the game or not. Yes, but I would like to say, like, negate that by heavy pass rush, you know. I, w- I would hope that the Chiefs will – I mean, they do gamble. We see them gamble, and you leave some one-on-one opportunities. I, I don't want to leave too many one-on-one opportunities if I can. I want to be able to allocate some help um, if I need to in the in the secondary. And that's then uh, incumbent upon the defensive line doing its job and maybe not having to blitz as much and, and what have you. But, yeah, no one wants to see – um, Jamar Chase go off, um, certainly on the on the secondary. And I, I think a secondary that's gotten better since the early part of the season, too. I think those young yeah. those young players have, have really grown. Um, and I'd like to see the test that this is going to present. But, again, it's still, to me, the defensive line. If they get busy, um, that helps out the back end of the defense so, so much. We're talking to Josh Klingler, silent reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. You'll hear him Sunday afternoon. Over on 106.5, the Wolf, and, and Kling, I, I think for the Chiefs the rest of the way, I mean, we, we know this is the biggest test remaining on a schedule that now looks a little bit easier on the back end than we thought, with the exception maybe of the Seahawks game, which looks tougher than we thought on paper at the beginning of the season. If they beat Cincinnati, I feel like 14 wins, if everybody's staying healthy, 14 wins seems like pretty damn sure thing at this point if they can get past Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, assuming you don't, you know, you don't have a trip, but I mean, this is this is the this is the toughest game. Um, you know, they're going to be so up for this game. I, I do like that aspect of it too. I, I mean, they're 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 pretty human in this one. I think um, that they realize the rest of the schedule, albeit you have some division foes, you should take care of business. Houston's no good, and then um, and then uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, you're, they're going to be have a ton of respect, but it's an NFC game that doesn't cost you as much if that one doesn't go in your favor. Right. Um, so no, they have a very good chance. You lose this game though. And the field is, mm-hmm. is, is catching you. I mean, that's it, one game can turn this thing. Right. And so you have an opportunity to, to get a check Mark against uh, another team that's, that's battling to, to, you know, take what you want, which is, you know, top, top seed uh, conversation. They close the gap. Uh, Miami's then there on your heels. Uh, Buffalo's not far behind. Uh, you do all that stuff. So this is a good game to to stiff arm the continue to stiff arm the AFC as well. And then then we can look ahead and yeah, I mean you you have to say this is the toughest game. Can if you win this one, can you run the table? And it's it's a legitimate a legitimate thought uh, heading out, especially with two with the Broncos remaining. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, fourteen wins. They could if they beat the Bengals, they could still lose one after beating Cincy and end up with fourteen wins. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like mm-hmm. you get back Cincy, fourteen seems really realistic. Then the question is, could they? run the table like you just said and actually after all this after all the offseason talk could they actually end up with a 15 and 2 record which would be just ridiculous and it's actually it is it is a possibility with the spot the Chiefs have put themselves in there's there's no doubt about that yeah and the one thing too is claim how do you kind of view the Bengals though I'm curious like in the hierarchy of the AFC when you think about some of these teams like the Bills you know their defense now 12th not like they were last year and you got the Dolphins. Who knows what's going to happen to them when it gets to the postseason? The Bengals have proven they can do it. Are we, are, are we not giving the Bengals respect in the hierarchy of the AFC? 
No, and and that happened all offseason. That was one of the teams I was talking about in the offseason. I'm like, I can't believe no one's talking about the Bengals. Like, they're getting so much disrespect that they were never in the conversation. And uh, I think they have to be when it comes to the Chiefs because they, they beat you in that last game, right? So, no, I think that they haven't gotten that. And then the 0-2 start kind of sour people like, okay, is this a team that's going to suffer a go to the Super – because there's, there's also a go to the Super Bowl and lose hangover um, that's, you know, kind of real <laughs> at times. And so – um, they look like that are, after the 0-2 start. Are they that team? Well, they played a, a heck of a lot better. I, I thought their offensive line would be better. Um, they're not as as good off on the offensive line as I thought they'd be after revamping it. I thought that was probably their only weakness a season ago. You're like, oh, you could see that you're going to get your quarterback hit too much. Well, probably giving up too many sacks to go this year. They haven't run the football um, as well as you may have thought as well. Um, but they've overcome injuries. They obviously overcame the 0-2 start. Yeah, they should be getting a lot of uh, respect because this is a team that's got themselves in position to win their division and be a, a top-four seed, and so they're right there. Lastly, Kling, uh, we, we just heard from Andy that Juju's out sick. Uh, Jarek McKinnon suddenly has a hamstring injury. We know Tony's nursing that hamstring uh, that everybody's keeping an eye on as well. And they signed Melvin Gordon uh, do you think the Melvin Gordon McKinnon thing are related there? Because I, I've said I just don't need Melvin Gordon carrying the football in a Chiefs uniform. It scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I just felt like I mean you got 16, 16 spots on a practice squad now. You can stash people. You can take flyers on people. You can just add talent and have them hang around. I I, I don't necessarily see a correlation. I don't know, but. Is is Ceh hurt worse than we believe? Is McKinnon? But McKinnon's been on the injury list like all the time, and he's played. <laughs> like he, there was the one week I think he had head, shoulder, arm. I mean, it was like four different things, and and he played. So he's kind of just kind of gutting through it right now. I I mean, I would I'd be surprised if we see Melvin Gordon uh, playing a game. I, I think that they you know just getting Ronald Jones some some opportunities, and so I'd. I wouldn't think that he would factor in unless there, yeah, unless there would be a, a McKinnon type injury because Melvin Gordon could do some of those like pass catching things and and certainly be a guy that can can be a factor on on, on third down. But I don't I don't think it ties in. I just think they're just going to continue to stockpile available talent if it's if it's there and you got spots to stash on a practice squad. Go for it. They did what a wide receiver, a running back, and, yeah. a, and a and a defensive tackle this week. So guys who've all had you know pretty good experience in the NFL. I just think it's it's wisely using what's available in a, in a large practice squad. Uh, who's your survivor pick? You just going to keep picking the same teams that I do for three straight weeks, or what? What's um, the deal? I, I think you're going to need to listen in tomorrow at nine. Okay. Um, I, I I know I normally can can say that as well and keep you guessing, but uh -huh. uh, um, I might be going for the knockout this week. We'll okay. see. Okay. Okay. Kling and I are the only two left, Bink, in our our six ten survivor challenge. We'll both be giving our survivor picks tomorrow. Uh, on each of our shows. Kling, appreciate it, man. We'll be listening tomorrow. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's Josh Klingler, silent reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. And, of course, you hear Monfesco in the morning, 6 a.m. tomorrow. And now it sounds like at 9. They also, one, they have an announcement tomorrow at 9 o'clock that they're making. And then also Kling's got his survivor pick. And the one thing is uh, you're playing that strategy that uh, Ryan played the first Which year is. we did this. Bukowski. Well, I actually lost when he won. We both picked the same team, but I lost, took the second check, oh, and he yeah. won. So I mean, you play that game where you take the second X. Well, no, so I I already have an X. So I, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why, if, but it's why if he picks the same team you do yeah. and you both lose, you're out. Oh, I and he goes on. He goes on with the loss. That's the way Ryan did it. Yeah, well, so he won with the loss. Yeah, but we're the final two. So if, if I, I get know. if I get out, Kling wins. It doesn't matter. Kling and I have been using the same teams the last two or three weeks. Yeah. 
Uh, so we'll see if that's the case again uh, tomorrow. All right, let's get to the random question today. Random question. It is brought to you by the window source of KC. You know what? Uh, this time we outsourced the random question. I thought there was a good text that we got, 913-586-7610. And someone brought up, I think, a really good point uh, when it comes to the random question. They said, have you guys not realized why Cody picked this week to take off? And that's a good question. They said, it's because if you guys remember Cincinnati week last year, there was quite the issue with how Cody was pronouncing the nickname for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that became the sounder we used because that is walk like an Egyptian uh-huh. saying by the, the Bengals. Bengals. And, and Cody would say bang. Bulls, yes, so he pronounced it like the 80s band, uh-huh. the Bengals. And that became a joke all playoff week. I completely forgot about and do it. You think, do you think that's why he's not – you think he, he worked together on he's this so one? so mortified. He didn't want to talk about Cincinnati much. It is an Bengals. odd week to take off, you know, because when he, when he scheduled this vacation, we didn't know the, the Rams were going to stink. No. We knew the Bengals mm-hmm. were going to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Also, Cincinnati's a chilly town. What was Cody supposed to host on Saturday? Oh, a chili wow. feed, right? Yeah, and Cincinnati was Sunday, and Cody's been sick, so I'm sure the chili feed is off. I haven't got notification You're right. that the chili I, feed is off, but this was chili day at the Tap household. You and I RSVP'd for that. Nick yeah. already wasn't planning on going. Uh, to, this, go, to this chili event. And so you're saying because the whole the whole crew's sick that... But it is chili week, you know, in Cincinnati. It's kind I mean, of an omen. He kind of needs to do whole, this anyway. They've all been sick. I don't know if they're going to have this thing on Saturday. Yeah, I don't want pink eye chili. Oh. You don't want pink eye chili? <laughs> oh. So you think everybody who eats the chili at Cody's house gets pink eye, huh? I, That's why I, I told I Nick know. earlier in the week when he was asking, would I rather have someone with pink eye touching our microphones and buttons or eating a baked good for them? And I said, I'd rather eat the baked good. I'm sure the chili's fine. Is, is he going to do uh, are you like going? spaghetti? No. Is it still going? If it's still going, are you going? If it's I still mean, on. Do I still have my mask left? <laughs> Bink's going to walk into Cody's house with a mask on. I highly doubt that. No chance. No. I, it's championship Saturday. I wasn't thinking. You think he oh, door dashes? He's going to have the games on. You think he door dashes? If, the, if, if he's still hosting people, Cody's not. If he's still hosting, you actually gonna think he's going to host? He's not going to host people. We haven't been told it's not happening yet. It's Wednesday. Well, we I'm been still, told, plan- but there's no I'm way still he's planning doing. on going as of right now. All right, I still am too then. <laughs> okay. I'm, something tells me he would have the football games on, but don't worry. In a poker game breakout, something I mean, like that. that. that could, I don't know. Eh, this is a come and like come and leave as you please type of event. It's not a. It's not. Hey, it's from four to ten. It's 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 four o'clock. You show up. You can leave at six if you want. You can stay till eight. You show up at six. You leave at eight. You know, it's it's one of those type of deals. I think you should host it and say. She says, you know what. Let me alleviate the stress of you guys having it at your house with everybody being sick. Why don't you host it, Bink? Yeah, like Hormel. Why don't, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you host it? A can of chili? I'll, I'll go get a crock pot full of Wendy's chili, and I'll bring that, and nobody will know the difference. Actually, I'll, Wendy's chili is it pretty is good. good. That's I'll like bring my world-famous green chili. Nick talks up. I, you, you need to bring it in, man, because Nick has talked up this green chili for months and months. I've never had it. I haven't either. I'm sure it's very good. Or Bink, mm. are, you, are you in again this week? I don't know. Oh, that's up to you, Bink. What do you want me to come in? Uh, Dusty's in tomorrow. You want to come in Friday? Let's do it. All right, there you go. Bink's on Friday with okay, us. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll bring in green chili. Friday? On Friday. 
the day no before Cody. You want to wait? You're going to try to one up Cody's party one day before his party. Yeah, but I have to leave right after work, so I may just uh, I may just bring right. an individual serving. Do we get one free bathroom break? Oh, he's. I'm not, just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't think he's playing for? He's not. If anything, he didn't cook the chipino that got everybody sick. I'm just saying, though, it's chili. Mm-hmm. Just well, saying. You, you, you can't eat what? chili without uh, holding no, it. You, you got to go right I, to the restroom. This doesn't, have, this doesn't have beans in it, man. No beans. Is I it on the uh, spaghetti I just uh, want, noodles? I did, Rob Collins brought no. in chili about three weeks ago, and that that was really good. There's that, probably some Texas chili bar, with Rob Nick. Collins. Rob Collins brings a Texas blend, didn't he? Not so it was no, he he wasn't because Texas chili they put a bunch of different stuff. This was not a true Texas chili that he brought in, but it it had a little kick to it for sure. I'm sure it had a little Texas to it, knowing Rob. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. That's the random question of the day. Just basically, do we think that's why Cody didn't show up? Oh, by the way, I just oh, yeah. got a text from my uh, painter over at Greco your, Paintworks. He just got Sky paint, Moore shoes. Painter. It's Mike leads my cause this weekend. Oh, stop! Back up! Back up! He's back got up, up, James back up, back up. Cochran, Karloftis, and now Sky Moore. Somebody says Sky Moore. It's my you dude's. Got a text uh, from your painter. He's not my my painter. He's not doing anything for me. But, but you said he's your painter. Well, kind of. He's my dude, man. He paints shoes for you, too? For the Well, no, I don't have shoes painted. So but he's doing the My Cleats, My Cause shoes. Yeah, he did Karloftis's, cool. and he's doing okay. uh, some for Sky, and he did Cochran, which are really cool. Okay. Yeah. He just texted you? Yeah, he just texted me. He says he's going to do Sky Moore's. I'm like, cool. Still put him on punt returns. No, no, no. We don't need to do that. I'd like to have my shoes done up, wouldn't you? My Cleats, My Cause? Done up and Cody work. and gold cleats, and we can put it in the garage sale next year. You need something. Yeah. I think that's what we need. He could do something like that. Cody and gold cleats, and we put it in the uh, the, the Cody and gold garage. It's my I, cleats, my cause I, weekend. I was going to give you an opportunity to unveil your Heisman ballot. Nick won't give us his Heisman candidates or his ballot. Uh, I know you'll do it though, because I know yeah, you can't do it. Unfortunately, you're, you're, you're respected. You're respected college football. Yeah, I live through transparency, and I, we appreciate you being so transparent. The bylaws of I know. the I know your laws. Yeah, the bylaws of the Heisman Trust don't allow me. I'll respect them. I will go Caleb Williams, obviously, is the number one choice. Dude, Bink, you have to build drama by going three to one. Well, just start at one, since I started at one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter. Why does it matter? You're not putting your list out there. Because he's running away with it. Yeah, Caleb Williams is going to win All right, let's start at three. Stetson Bennett, go. What do you mean, Go. He's quarterback at Georgia gets no respect. He is, I think, fourth in the odds Nick, for the Heisman at this point. Stetson Bennett in yours? He does not. I can't. I can't. Yeah, you can. On that. You can. The Heisman Trust is not listening to this show. You can't tell us your third place. Come on. I guess you know. What? I would say this if hypothetically, because <laughs> I don't fill out my ballot until right. after the season is over. Hypothetically. If I had my ballot sure. filled out, mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett would not be receiving any votes. And why me. though? The guy just wins. He won a national title last year. That's He's undefeated this year. Criteria is he just Bink. wins. He's in the toughest conference in America. And he just keeps winning every damn game. Yeah, it's, it, you that know matters, what? man. He's got no talent around him. Sixteen either, touchdowns. Well, yeah, he's got talent around him, but this defense is not where it was last year. It's still, a it's like fifth. Good. It's like fifth in college football instead of first. Oh wow, yeah. Dan Lenny's gone. Mighty have fallen. Dan Lenny's <laughs> gone. Anyway, that's three. Okay, so I would just say this: my 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 criteria for. Filling out the Heisman ballot every single year. It's very simple. I think it's the best way to do it. CJ Shroud. No, just look at, <laughs> just look at all the, the all the players in college football and ask the question: Who had the best season? I don't care about most valuable. I don't do this Williams. whole thing of oh, what if you took him off the team? Then what would they be? None of that. 
who was the best player in college football? Who had the best season? It's the easiest it's, way to do it. It's the best way to do and it. And it's easy to determine well, that. Well, you this know, year. if it's we went by this theory, then Bailey Zappi should have been on your uh, list uh, last year at Western Kentucky. Set an NCAA record in yards okay. and touchdowns. Okay. No, it's just if we're going by who had the best year, Bailey Zappi should have been your top three last year. Maybe so you was. think you think somebody tearing up Conference USA makes them the best player in I'm college just saying, football? This guy's winning at Georgia in the SEC. Caleb going Williams undefeated. is doing it at USC, but he's got an L. Bennett Wait, does so you it. have you have Stetson Bennett ahead. No, of, I got okay. Williams one. Then okay. I went jump the three because you guys gave me crap. Wait till this. Number till two, this. Max Duggan. Yeah, TCU. So, so you're making the case that. Hold that on, hold on. Stetson is... Bennett had a better season than C.J. Stroud. That is unbelievable. Who's got more L's? Who got their ass kicked by Michigan at home? Okay, let's go through it then. Ah, Stetson Bennett. Who threw some picks in some crucial times? Uh, Stetson Bennett had 16 passing touchdowns this year. That tied for 66th most well, in college football. Where does Michael Penix Jr. That on your honestly, list? That's a joke that you <laughs> have. Where's Michael Penix Jr. on your list? It doesn't matter. That <laughs> He's the, the quarterback is... of Washington. Washington have here. He leads the nation in passing uh, yards. Michael Penix. The Where's list he at? is three. I don't care I... who's number four or five. Where's Michael Penix? All I'll say That's is a big school, I, Washington, right? I definitely don't have an issue if either of you have Dugan at your on your Heisman ballot. I think he has had a fantastic season, and he's on a team that is undefeated as well. So it's And he's in a Power 5 conference. He's not going to win it, but he should absolutely be getting he an can invite. Ride he should get all. an invite. I would hope that uh, you would have him on your, your ballot. Uh, after that, I think it's it's my, like if I had if I had an actual ballot, Williams and Duggan would be one, too. How about UAB? You guys gave UAB all that credit. They have the leading rusher in the nation in Dwayne McBridge. By the way, McBride. by the way, the guy you left off, just so you know, uh, C.J. Stroud, quarterback for Ohio State, uh, he is first in the nation in passing touchdowns. He has 21 more passing touchdowns than the aforementioned Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is 16-6 and six plus 178, but he wins every game. Stroud got his Stroud butt kicked by Michigan at home and threw some picks in that game. Lost one game this season. He was third in the nation in, in QBR. Like you're trying to act like CJ Stroud had an abysmal season. Well, put Michael Penix on your list. If this you know is the you criteria, are, you're a prisoner of the moment. And Bink, I hate to say this, man, because I Washington like you a is twelfth in the nation Bink, college football ranking. He leads Bink, the nation in passing. Bink, I like you a lot, but this is why you don't have a Heisman vote, man. I'm sorry. I should. I, I was an AP voter for I a while. You should have. A I should have parlayed. I, I should have done out. what he did. I reached out to the Heisman Trust. I said, Hey, I got a guy here. I should have done this. I said, I got a guy here at the station. He watches a lot of college football. It would mean the world to him. If you ever need an extra Heisman voter, he'd be a great candidate. And they said, you know what? He just, he's a prisoner of the moment too much. I was one of two voters in the state of Missouri for the EP poll. I should have parlayed into this. I didn't realize you could do this stuff. I should have, I should have taken the time. You have Stetson Bennett I was distracted by the Royals. You have Stetson Bennett third, sir. And you know what? Heisman, what's his odds in Vegas? Fourth? So it's not like a big stretch there. That doesn't mean he's deserving. I'm just saying, if you're going to go by stacks, put Pinnock Jr. They're 12th in the standings in, in the college football rankings, and he leads the nation in passing Okay, yards. then let's just, you know, let's go back and give, uh, We're gonna talk let's more go get back and football. give Greg Hold McElroy on. the Heisman retroactively. They won a lot of games. Yeah, he's, he's a winner. Stetson Bennett is, here's the thing, Bink. There's a- AJ only McCarron, four, there, win the Heisman. We'll talk more college football in just a second, but there's four guys that you can even bet on still for the Heisman because it's narrowed down so much. Stetson Bennett's the fourth Bink. But mm-hmm. he is one hundred to one. That's great odds. So yes, he's fourth. One hundred to one. But he's still fourth. CJ Stroud is twenty-five to one. Uh, Dugan is twenty to one, and then Caleb Williams is whatever is minus three thousand. Okay. Up next, we will talk more college football, though. Michael no Penix. more Heisman stuff, I promise. But what K State can do on Saturday against TCU? Dwayne McBride. There's- 
Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.